Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 228. If you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, make sure and come see Matt Jonah and myself at the Nerdist Podcast live at the Balboa Theater Friday night, July 13th, and then Saturday at noon, uh, the Nerdist Channel panel with special guest Neil deGrasse Tyson, Gary Delabonte, Alice Ace of Alex Albrecht, me, Chris Hardwick, and never-before-seen footage from stuff that's coming up on the Nerdist YouTube channel. Be relevant to your interests. Um, I would like to thank Stamps.com for, I promised myself I wouldn't cry, sponsoring the Nerdist Podcast this episode. Uh, Stamps.com is printable postage, so if you have an internet connection and a printer, just print that shit out and you're done. Then you can print out exactly the postage you need. You'll never have to go to the post office again. You print shit out, you put it outside, the postman picks it up and delivers it to its intended recipient. End of story. Uh, it's essentially how I was able to <laughs> start the <laughs> all the Nerdist stuff in the beginning was not having to uh, go to the post office to mail stuff to people. That I'm not. I mean, I can't say that was the only thing that kept the Nerdist podcast afloat. Katie, where's your microphone? But it was tremendously helpful to me. Why is your wind guard on there uh, red? You, it looks like a clown. It looks like a tiny, thin clown head. Then I know it's mine. Aw, that's adorable. Do you identify with clowns? No. Katie, Maybe. If, if, I don't know. If a, bunch of, if a bunch of clowns turned up at your house and like 50 of them got out of a tiny car, so you know that they could get into small places because clown cars are TARDISes, <laughs> you, uh, and you, want, you were like, I want to get rid of these clowns and I want to mail them somewhere, but I don't want to go to the post office to do that because there's just too many clowns. What would you do? I would probably use stamps.com. What? Yeah. Unheard of, except for all the stuff that I've been saying before just now. So entirely heard of. Through the Nerdist podcast. Well, right now, you can use the promo code Nerdist for this very special offer. It's a no-risk trial. You get $110 worth of stuff, including a digital scale, and $55 worth of free uh, free postage. So go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and then type in Nerdist. That's it. Stamps.com, enter Nerdist. Katie, what do we have coming up for this episode of the Nerdist podcast? We have... LeVar Burton! I beat you to it because I'm super excited. I'm excited too. I used to watch my Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow, which now has an app, the Reading Rainbow app, and Lavar. You know, it it does it never fails to amaze me. I guess I shouldn't be amazed by this, but so far, everyone that we've had on the podcast from Next Generation, uh, Brent Spiner, obviously Will Wheaton, um, Sir Patrick Stewart, now Lavar Burton, every one of them is fucking awesome, like so cool, and Lavar was was no exception. He was. Um, so amazing to have on the podcast. I, I love that. I hugged him afterwards. I'm like, I gotta hug you. And he was like, let's do it. So we hugged. Uh, LeVar Burton, you're a damn fine man, my friend. And this was an absolute pleasure to have you on. It's the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 228. LeVar Burton! Now entering Nerdist.com. Microphone. Make love to the microphone, Lavar. Yes. There it is. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. You got some headphones there if you want to put those on. I love hearing myself <laughs> on the radio. 
I, uh, Matt Myra's on his way. Uh, he, I don't know where he is. He's usually not late, but, uh, but I th- I thought it'd be fun just to start with Adam so he could come in flustered because he's a huge fan of yours. Don't be freaked out, but he knows a lot about next generation, but he's, he's okay. Matt is a, a borderline stalker. It's, is he not? I mean, you know, stalker with a small S. Yeah. In, yeah, in, yeah. And you would write it in pencil. Big of heart. Big of heart. And a little creepy. <laughs> but when he gets here, don't tell him that. Okay. No, yeah, no, no. we don't want to set him off. No, no. We no. don't want to set him off. No, no, that restraining order is apparently not <laughs> enough. You will never remember this, LeVar Burton, but um, I, I've been friends with Mr. Wheaton since we were teenagers, and I did actually come to the set a n- number of times when he was working there. He used to hang with the, with the WW? I ha- I, double dubs, I call them. Yep, used to hang with double dubs down there at the old uh, Paramount lot. And uh, and it was right at the period where uh, he was he was going through the uh, the terrible <laughs> teens, yep. and just kind of wanted to go do other things. So young, it was it was an interesting time for him. A young man's got to sow his wild oats. <laughs> he did, and he did that by moving to Kansas for a couple of years and quitting the entertainment business. Well, WW <laughs> has interesting ideas about oats. <laughs> and, and if you want to explore your wild oats, Kansas is the place to go. Geek oats. He was sowing his geek oats by going to develop video technologies. You know what? He, he, of all of us, uh, Will is the most uh, techno savvy. Absolutely. Always um, has been. Yeah. Always has been, and he has developed into a really fine writer. He's a fantastic writer. Yeah, he is. Just a good guy. I'm glad that you guys are all still pals. I don't know why. It just makes me happy. Does it? Yeah, because, you know... Because... You would prefer to think that we really hate each other. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, because, you know, the show the show hit me at a very... You know, Will and I are about the same age, so right. it hit me at a, in a very... Uh, developmentally important time of my appreciation for things, right? And uh, and so it's, the show is special to me too. And it's nice to think like, oh, now you guys, you know, you guys did Calgary. You all got together, right? right. So so tell me in, in that developmental stage you were going through, yeah, Deanna Troy or Beverly Crusher? <laughs> oh man, that's a Betty and Veronica thing. I think let me throw, let me let me really complicate things for you. I got to throw in Tasha Yar. Yeah, Tasha Yar. Well. I mean, ugh. after uh, after she hooked up with uh, Data. I mean, it's kind of. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he, I don't know how you follow that. No, a, a robotic. Yeah. No, no. Um, I know he's fully functioning, but probably there are upgrades. There are, and uh, so I don't know. I don't know how you follow that. Yeah. yeah. Tasha Yar felt a little like she'll mess you up. Like you'll get thrown around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Some people like that. <laughs> I I think you. Uh, I think you marry Beverly Crusher. Right, okay, right. You date Deanna Troy. You da- date is a kind way to say that. And then, <laughs> and then, and then you would have to, uh, you and murderous, uh, passionate, yes. uh, rageful love with Tasha Yar. There you go. So I think that's okay. how that, I think right. that's how, how that all, I, I, how that all wraps up there. And it doesn't even really take into account all of the, all of the side the ancillary uh, hookups from just visiting different worlds. Right. So it really is, it really is just a giant floating space orgy, I think. Pr- pretty much, except for Jordy. I, I, and I never understood that. Jordy, <laughs> Jordy never, never got the girl. I wonder why that was. You know what? I'll, I'll be I, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. Okay. But, but um, I believe that uh, the writers, did not know how to deal 
with black male sexuality. Really? I, everybody had sex on the ship, including the android. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, the robot got some. What's happening? But the black man? But the Not so much. <laughs> and, and the guy who, with his, with his visor, could uh, see a lot of things that would be important to a lady in the bedroom. Absolutely. I'm just saying. It was never explored. Be, be, best with his hands? Right. An engineer? Right. Come on! I'm telling you. All right. Um, I'm going to go on a limb and say, LeVar, there is probably some fan fiction out there where Jordy uh, has some stuff going on. I would hope so. But I, I don't know if... But this is a travesty. I'm, I, I apologize. Opportunities missed <laughs> is, is how I categorize it. So when did uh, we, there's I, so many things I want to talk about with you? I you know I want I want to get to Reading Rainbow. I want to get to the Reading Rainbow app. I mm-hmm, want to talk mm-hmm. about, but uh, but I just want to figure out where where'd you start? What was your, you know what what was your intended path? Was it just you know in general just want to be an actor? Was did you want to create? What what was it? What was it specifically that you set out to do? I mean I I know you know going back to roots and you know what which amaz- I mean. If you just did that, it would be mind-blowing. If you just did that, it would be mind-blowing. Roots was my first audition. Um, I was a sophomore at the University of Southern California. Oh, wow. In Los Angeles. What were you studying? Studying theater. Okay. With an intention to move to New York and, and, you know, hustle my way onto the Broadway stage. Um, But this television miniseries, nobody knew what a miniseries was um, at the beginning. Roots was the second, I, I think. Rich Man, Poor Man was broadcast in... Eight weeks, and and uh, the ABC executives changed it up for Roots and, and broadcast all twelve hours and eight consecutive nights of programming. Wow! Um, fearing that an the audience would not respond well to a story where in a country eighty percent of the people are white and twenty percent are black, the whites were the villains and the black people were the heroes. Right. Um, and the audience grew almost exponentially every night. Wow, pretty wacky. But the Alex Haley book was very popular, though. It had won the Pulitzer Prize that year. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a runaway bestseller. It, it absolutely was. I mean, I think that's one of those... I can only remember three miniseries in my head. Rich Man, Poor Man, right. Roots, and The Thornbirds. And The Thornbirds. Those, those are the yeah. three that defined what that thing was that the networks were doing. The novel... For television, so it, it, in literally in eight nights, yeah, did your life just change like that? In in actually two, I played uh, the young Kunta Kinte and in, in, in hours one through four, yeah, uh, the first two nights, and uh, and and it was immediate. The response was immediate. My life changed literally overnight. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm curious to know about this. So the subject matter of this film. You're going to SC in it, which is, you know, uh, a snazzy school, really. You know, how how connected were you to, you know, what you felt like it meant to be a black male in that time period? And then did working on that film alter your perception or did, did, did you what, what did it do to you? Um, I felt like I had been uh, preparing to play that role the whole of my life. I, I really from the very first moment I read the first sides. Uh, I knew I could play this character. I just connected with him immediately. 
Here's Matt. Matt. Sorry, guys. There was a coolant leak. I had to reroute main power through the secondary <laughs> coupling. Wow. You know how it is. Yeah, right? I do. Matt, totally. you know what? And, and are you okay? I'm good. Every, uh, everybody breach is averted. Right. Ship's going to be okay, everybody. You know what? I'm so happy that you did not have to eject the warp core because that. <laughs> oh, my God. There is nothing worse than having to eject the warp core. I like when you know. say in, I forget which movie it is. No, I don't. Insurrection. Uh, you're fresh. <laughs> 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 Are you kidding me? Uh, He's trying to downplay it. Oh, okay. All right, let's, just, let's just be honest. And then he okay. says, we're okay. fresh out of warp cores. I like that. Yeah. Because they're fresh out. Fresh out of warp cores. great line. Good reading. Good reading. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you, Matt. Matt, Thank Matt you. you've, you've, you've brought some, uh, you've brought some uh, a surprise lightness to we were just, we were just talking about roots. Uh, no, no. I assumed you were talking about Star Trek. No. Well, no. we were not. We were not. I'm well, sh- listen. I'm Kunta sure. Kinte probably could have been a chief engineer. I'm sure there's some reality... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some reality where Jordy goes to the holodeck. Yeah. Ends up uh puts on a loincloth. Yeah. And then and then roots. Yeah. As long as Ben Vereen's involved, I'm in. Yeah. Then you're in yeah. Yeah, as well. Thumbs up. Thumbs up, man. <laughs> Thumbs up. So I, I want I want you to be able to finish this thought. Like you said it completely changed the scope of there, there was this it was this role you were meant to play your whole it, life. It, it it really felt uh felt that way. It it did. And um you know, and I, I've, there's been over the last 35 years, this is the 35th anniversary of Roots airing for the first time in this country. Oh gosh. Um, I, there's, I've had a real journey with the character of Kunta um, from uh, really wanting to try and make sure that it um, did not prevent me from being able to act a variety of, of roles. Yeah. Um, so he went from being sort of this albatross to, you know, different ebbs and flows. Now, Kunta Kinte is a recognized international symbol for freedom and the indomitability of the human spirit. Um, it's been quite, a, quite a, a trip. And if I remember correctly, way different from leading male black roles that were pretty standard for the time. This was the 70s, and, and, and most black men on TV were pimps, uh, yeah. hustlers. Um, yeah, perps of one kind. Or married to Florida. Or, or, or married to Esther Rowe. You're right. Absolutely not. Your knowledge of pop culture in the 70s is stunning. It's rough. I'm sorry, guys. Here come the big one. Here it come. Oh, why'd they kill him off? Red Fox? No, no John Ennis. No. Oh, John Ennis. Oh, you're talking about uh, Good Times. Good yeah. Times. I'm sorry. I was talking about, I was Sanford talking about Sanford and Son. And Son. Your yeah, knowledge why? of pop culture in the 70s is not so good. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm a, how about this? How about this? Uh-huh. Uh, Red Fox, Demond Wilson. Yes. Sanford and Son. There you go. Uh, you just named two people in the past. <laughs> well, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, J- Jimmy Walker, who I bowled against when I was a kid. Really? Because he was a big bowler, and I was really good, so I bowled against him on the Mike Douglas show in 1981. Are you 1980. kidding me? Yeah. You did the Mike Douglas show? When I was a little kid, yeah. As a bowler? As a tiny bowler. You were like the Tiger Woods of bowling? <laughs> I was the Tiger Woods of bowling, but I didn't pursue it uh, to the point where I could um, have extramarital affairs. You could have been on the PBA. I, yes, the difference being that Tiger Woods' adulthood is uh, crowded with millions of dollars. Adulthood on the PBA is thousands at best. But you get to wear those really cool shirts. Man. I could still wear them. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. Then you're that guy. <laughs> then I am that guy. Well, that's why I put that's why I put a bowling show on my little YouTube channel because I I just I was yeah, I'm living out my your dream. Your bowling show though, you choose to wear T-shirts. 
Like no. you should wear bowling shirts. No, 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 no. See, here's why you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Those those shirts you're thinking of came along in the '70s. The shirts that we're wearing are more representative of what my dad wore in oh, the '60s. Oh, I got you. I got you. I got you. The, the ah. '60s, they were these. They weren't quite t-shirts, but they were these polyester blend yeah. shirts that came. The, there were no collars, mm-hmm. and this the sleeves came to your to the elbow. It's the kind of shirt that Nelson Burton Jr. would have. Worn. That's exactly oh. right. Nice. Oh. Oh, your your knowledge of bowling culture is very <laughs> pulling out the Nelson Burton Jr. reference. My uncle. Not bad. Wow, that's amazing. The white sheep of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't there more African American? It's real bowlers? awkward at Kwanzaa, but otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I brought, oh, he brought another bowling ball to Kwanzaa. He doesn't know how it works. I. Uh, <laughs> Where do the candles go? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just line the gutter, right? <laughs> right, guys, come on. What are we doing? What's happening here? Uh, but uh, uh, it, it, it seems to have been uh, what, what happened in the period between uh, Roots and Star Trek, which would have been a, uh, almost 10 years. Uh, Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Well, I did a series of TV movies yep. right in the, in the late 70s and early 80s. Um, what was the worst one? <sighs> the worst one. Well, the worst one was... Probably Emergency. The television series? No, it was a TV movie um, that starred Sarah Purcell. Do you remember Sarah Purcell? <laughs> oh, I do remember Sarah Purcell, yeah. She from was, like, wow. What was the show? I can't remember, but I remember seeing her on like Battle of the Network Stars or something, I think. She was, she was on a show called Real People. Dude. Real People? Oh, of shit. course. Yeah. Who else was on Real People, Chris? Uh, Skip Stevenson. And? John Davison. And? Uh, Fran Tarkenton. And? and Kathy Lee Crosby. And? And the Yogi Kudu. Byron Allen. Uh, yes. There you See, go. who doesn't know pop culture? I was actually at a... Then di- Byron Allen figured out how to make all the money. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> really. Oh, wait. Did I mix up? I, I mixed up. I'm sorry. I mixed up real people, and that's incredible. That's what I just did. Well, you did, but you know fault. what? It was well, pretty okay. much the same You show. got to it. it was, you got to it. 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 Much I was at the taping of That's Incredible when that guy, the Yogi Kudu, got in the, 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 the tiny box. Oh, really? Do you, do you remember that episode? No. I do not. This guy, a contortionist called the Yogi Kudu, got inside a small plexiglass box. He managed to squeeze his body through a tiny opening. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a reverse birth, if you will. And he, he gave, it was just like this smushed person inside this, this little tiny plexiglass box. And we were at the taping, and he was in there so long that they actually thought he died. <laughs> Uh, now and they that's stopped. entertainment. <laughs> that would have been entertainment. <laughs> Turns out he was not dead. Everything was fine. That's oh, good. Well, that's my side happy story. Happy ending. Happy ending. Um, but but uh, what happened in emergency? Yeah. What was so? What was this? So it was this. It was an, an, not a good TV movie. But they wanted <laughs> they it, they wanted to surround Sarah Purcell with actors. She had been a, a a host, a morning show host here in Los Angeles. Okay. Before Real People, and so they were just incredible actors: Conchata Farrell, uh, Gary Lockwood, mm-hmm. yeah, right? uh, uh, Penny Pizer, Gary Frank. Mm-hmm. from family um, and the producer was Bob Justman oh. and I knew Bob Justman's name from the credits of my favorite show growing up which was Star Trek Robert H. Justman was an associate producer on TOS so it's really who you know sometimes because <laughs> I would pump him for stories every day <laughs> just tell me tell me what it was like tell me, tell me about Gene Roddenberry and, and when Bob was working with Gene at Paramount on The Next Generation, I got a call from Bob one day. He said, I know you've never done a television series, but would you consider we're bringing Star Trek back? And I, 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 I had one question. Is Gene involved? 
And he said, yes. I said, I, I, you know, what do I need to do? So that was the beginning wow. of, uh, I guess, a, about a month, six weeks of an audition process uh, for the role of Geordie LaForge. Did they audition you in the visor? No, the visor hadn't been uh, actually fashioned yet. Um, they, they did You're for the, really stretching the word fashion. <laughs> they just, they it's just a basically fucking banana clip. They, 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 they took the hair thing and then they just flipped it down. <laughs> you know that that is. You don't know how true that is. That is that is Michael Okuda, the wonderful Michael Okuda, graphic artist for for Next Generation, um, and his wife Denise Okuda were at the movies. And Michael went to put his arm around Denise and brushed her hairband. It fell down <laughs> over her eyes, and and he and he and that was and there, and then she could see everyone's heat signatures, <laughs> and that was that was the inspiration. But they did they brought in a pair of sunglasses uh, for the, my network audition, um, and and I, and I wore I wore sunglasses. <laughs> they say play it blinder. <laughs> 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 Well, I don't think we need to see anything else. So you're hired. <laughs> you are hired. Did you who did you did you know anyone else who was auditioning for that for the role at that time? Well, well, well for the role, no, I did not know anyone. But apparently, Tim Russ uh, okay. was was oh uh, yeah, was I heard that auditioned. Yeah. Um, I've seen I've seen the list. The list circulates around on on the interwebs now and again. Sorry uh, about that. Of, we'll uh, take it down. <laughs> of, <laughs> it's too late. Of potential potential actors that Paramount was thinking about uh, for the for the various roles. And uh, let's see, Wesley Crusher. Uh, um, they had a, a bunch of names. Um, and for Jordy, I think who who was on that list? Uh, oh, uh, Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Oh, really? Wes- oh, Wesley Snipes was being considered for Jordy. Um, I'll have to. I have to. I'll have to look that up. There's Jordy would be in space jail for not paying taxes. <laughs> oh, oh man! Oh, oh, oh! Commander LaForge, can you please route out the power to the main crumpler? Always bet on black. Cut, Wesley. Uh, you gotta stop saying that. You gotta stop saying that. <laughs> One day it will be a line in a movie. I soon do. <laughs> I love that you were a huge Star Trek fan. Going, I mean, because you know, I, I I think a lot of young people now just sort of take for granted the idea of. All media is available all times, mm. but in the seventies, you know, if you wanted to see Star Trek, it was you. First of all, you couldn't record it. Right. You just had to catch it on syndicated television right. or whatever your local like channel thirty one right. was at you know midnight right. or whatever and it was. You had, to, you had to watch it when it was on. You had to consult your local listings. That's the origin of the phrase. I mean, TV Guide, appointment television. All television was appointment television because you couldn't. You literally couldn't miss it. Right. Yeah, if you wanted to see it, you had to watch when it was on. What a horrible life. I know. What <laughs> did people so do? What While did... we're talking, three episodes of Chopped are probably recording right now. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I went Let on a... the meat rest, people. God. I went on a road trip recently, and I was like, what did, what did people do before smartphones and Yelp reviews of hotels? And how did they <laughs> occupy their bratty kids in the backseat without iPads? Like, it is really not that long ago that yeah. we had to live without all these things. It's true. But the we, iPad turned five today. I mean, the iPhone turned, turned five, five today. today. Happy, yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, iPhone. You did it. Yeah. Uh, so, emergency, who was your character? Why was it? Uh... <sighs> I was, uh, I played, I played, uh, um, um, he wasn't a doctor. I think he was an orderly, but he had, um, he could heal. He he had the ability of hands-on healing, and it gave him headaches. 
Um, Interesting. <laughs> this was not where I was expecting that to go. I, 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 look, I told you it was it was not good. It was, this was this was this was not Roots. This was <laughs> it was Roots modern day where the protagonist can heal people yeah. with his hands. It was uh, it was it was a bit uh, you know. It was not. It was well. It sounds stinky. terrible, and I'm glad it was terrible. But, <laughs> it but, was it, only it, but, but it introduced me to Bob Justin, to Bob Justin. and it's it, and in large measure is responsible for for my having been uh, graced with. Uh, well, then with I Jordan. for one am glad. You see, everything happens for a reason, right, Matt? We did it. Yeah. What was your in, of the classic Star Trek episodes? What which storylines did you gravitate toward? Um, my favorite classic uh, episode is, I don't know the name of it, but it's the one where Frank Gorshin has uh, one side one of his face. white is, and the other yeah, side is black. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Matt? What is the name of that episode? Go ahead. Fuck. Pull it out. I think it's called Ebony and Ivory. Nope. <laughs> That's not it at all. Nope. Uh, I forget. We stumped Matt. I forget. Well, you stumped Matt on classic Star Trek. Yeah, okay. He can tell you anything you want about Next Generation. Right. He knows a great deal about classic Star Trek. But he knows everything about Next Generation. Okay, we're going to put this to the test. Oh, God. We're going to put this to the <laughs> I'm going to put test. you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, Whenever yeah, you yeah. want. Let me okay. know. All right. So uh, yeah. not right this moment. Yeah, yeah, sure. Just but I'm whenever. Gonna, I'm when gonna, it gets there. I'll come to you with something. Because we don't want you to it. be mentally prepared exactly. for no, it. No, 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 no. No, of course. That's the true measure of your ability is if at right. a moment's notice when you're doing something else, you can turn around That's right. and say, Rigel 7, and then back to... <laughs> or what? Rigel 7. What? You're an idiot. What? That was the original track, man. Yeah. Oh, that's old school. Hey, hey, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I got my Rigels mixed up, Matt. And Whatever. you call yourself a nerd. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right. I'll just be erd. I lose the end. You lose the end. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about Reading Rainbow. Let's which, do. <clears throat> by the way, am- amazing. 26, 27 years? 26 years. On dun, dun, dun. That's the sound it would make. When dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yep. That's right. Matt, you yeah. continue to impress. That is that that is You had a big influence on my life, LeVar. I mean for a lot for a lot of reasons. Oh, so well, much class I didn't have to actually do work. I got to just watch roots and understand. Right. And then I learned about reading. Yeah. Yep. And then I figured out how to fix a warp core breach. Really worked out. Well, I mean it, it's sort of you know And they say television isn't touching. I mean, come on. I mean you 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 know, you're you're between Reading Rainbow and, and Geordie, you mm-hmm. know, very academic. Yeah. Very, very academic approaches where, you know, where James Doohan was very like, I'm a blue collar Scotsman. Yes. I, I just, I'm street smart. Yeah. You know, Jordy, very academic, very intelligent. And then you also have Reading Rainbow at the same time. So you're, you are an intelligent individual and you are playing a very intelligent academic individual. And I think it does, you know, like, look at this guy, this, this guy sitting over here, super smart kid. You were, you were an inspiration to this little guy over here. I did want to become an engineer. Did you? I'm sorry. I went into television. It's okay. It really is. <laughs> it, 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 it suits you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, did thank you, you. Did you pitch the idea for Reading Rainbow? No. It was, uh, the, the show was created by um, an educator, a woman named Twyla Liggett. Um, who wanted to address... That's an excellent name. That is it? a wonderful name. Twyla Liggett. <laughs> Twyla Liggett. Yeah. Um, there is a, a, a phenomenon in education called the summer loss phenomenon. Um, when a child is learning how to read and they don't read over that three-month summer vacation, their reading and comprehension skills plummet. And so the idea was to go to where the kids were, sitting in front of the tube, you know, on their summer breaks, and steer them back in the direction of literature and the written word using the medium of television. It was a pretty radical idea yeah. for the time. And did you know right away? Well, this show is connecting. Did they did they have a sense pretty quickly? And like, yeah, this shows. No, not really. Um, PBS is not a part of the Nielsen rating yeah. system, right? So it really took a while to 
gauge the the efficacy and the popularity of the show. Um, but once we reached critical mass, there, there was no turning back. I mean, no one... <laughs> How many seasons did you actually do? Um, well, all told, over the 25, uh, tw- almost 26 years, we did 153 episodes. Wow. Um, but they were very intense. I mean, it, the, the show was a magazine show. We traveled all over the planet uh, shooting Reading Rainbow. What's great? One about- time they visited the set of Star Trek. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, Matt, we did. They you sure did. You must, your eyes must have bled. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> this, is crossing, this is the greatest crossover ever. <laughs> Our universes are colliding, man. My fandoms really? are just. Really? Mom, mom, bring the diet soda and lock the doors. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> that, is a, that is great. adorable. Matthew, do you remember the book? Oh, God, no. <laughs> the Bionic Bunny Show. Oh, now I do. Right? Holy shit. Right. <laughs> wow. Wow. I wish that you could see Matt's back. face in the studio. It, he wow. did. He just had a flashback to his childhood. What's great about Reading Rainbow is that they are what we call in the business evergreen. Yeah. Because yeah. people are people always need to learn how to read. So there's nothing about it that people are like, ah, this isn't. People don't do this anymore. Yes, they do. People still need to read. People still need to, to read and develop a, you know, a, a passion for reading. And the, the point of the show has, has always been, uh, or it always was, and, and even now in this new incarnation, it's to really get to a child when they're in that process of making the decision as to whether they will be a reader for life or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially boys. It can be very difficult to get boys to really um, develop a passion for reading, and and I'm proud to say that for 26 years we were we were fairly successful at uh, at at lighting that spark and it, it, at least you know fanning into flame uh, the the passion for a lot of a lot of. Young what kids. do you think is the key ingredient to because kids uh, if kids aren't if they don't if something doesn't resonate with them they immediately look away like sure. they don't so how what's the key ingredient for getting into a kid's brain and, and kind of igniting a passion towards something that they may not necessarily really care about initially. Honestly? Yeah. Bait and switch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, you, you present them fun, and, and, uh, and the learning happens as a result of their engagement. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Makes total sense now. Listen, until we can, you until we, bitch. <laughs> until we can, <laughs> until we can jack them into a mainframe via some sort of a, like a, a thunderbolt I'm type of situation, then they, then you do have to do the bait and switch. You yeah. can't just implant the the, the, the information in, in their memories. Not yet, but coming pretty soon. Pretty soon, <laughs> it's gonna, working on it now. Right? It's gonna happen. It is. I mean, this is a this is a very altruistic pursuit as well. But have you ever thought about turning your powers for evil? Mm. <laughs> now that you now that you mm. know the key ingredients mm-hmm. of getting inside people's heads, have you said? LeVar, we really, and I'm talking to me here, uh, we really need to figure out how to get in and uh, take it. You, you could be a very uh, uh, dangerous supervillain if you decided to go that route. There's still time. Oh. <laughs> as, as, as the tips of your fingers are, <laughs> are together. But I think it's, you, you, you've done what they now refer to as transmedia. We used to call it cross-platform programming. Now... We call uh, porting anything over to another platform transmedia is the new word. So uh, the Reading Rainbow app, since you're not doing television shows anymore. We talked about this on Attack of the Show the mm-hmm. other day. Um, g- brilliant idea to, 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 ign- to bring it to uh, uh, an iPad. Uh, and a whole new generation of, of kids who really don't have any 
you know, frame of reference for LeVar or, or, or Roots or Star Trek for that matter. But their parents do. Um, and, and so we have an opportunity to have a conversation with both parents, a generation of parents, and their children. And um, I, I'm just, we're, we're having a, a lot of fun. The app came out uh, last week. And um, and it's it's How's being it well doing? received. It's being very it's being very well received. In 36 hours, we shot to number one in education wow. in the app store, and we are still we're the top grossing app um, yes. in, in education. <laughs> you know, those other companies are like looking at each other like, why couldn't we have started a brand 27 years ago? <laughs> That's what you got to do. Why not have like a reading reflection? Or something. I don't know. What they else do kids Reading unicorn. What else do kids like? I don't know. What else do kids like? Reading clams? Nah, the kids hate clams. Kids hate clams. No, it's a fact. Kids it's hate true. clams. They do. They, they don't. They don't like they clams. Understand? It's a textural thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a texture it's a thing. Texture. They're scary looking. Yeah. They clamp down. Yeah. They're they're hard. Yeah. They're gross. Clams are gross, kids. Uh, but maybe you would be the guy that could get kids to like clams because you know how they think. You're like the Pied Piper of. Everything. You could be the Pied Piper of clams if you wanted to be. Boy, that's that would be a weird thing that's, that's, to choose that's, to be. That's a real. That's a very. That's a step down. Do you think? What, Chris? You know, Roots, Star Trek, The Next Generation, Reading <laughs> Rainbow, the Pied Piper of clams. <laughs> no, that's got to be your. That's got to be your album. You have to make an album. Ah. You have to make a music album with the Shat. With the Shat or the or the Nimoy. Right? And uh, the Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> Think of your fellow man, lend him oh, a wow. helping hand. Here's a question. Have you have you heard Brent Spiner's albums? Oh yes, because yeah. Brent was on uh, uh, uh Brent Brent does have a nice uh You know, I didn't want to bring this up, Chris Hardwick. Okay. <clears throat> I'm but, I'm ready for whatever you're about to dole out. But you totally blew me off in Calgary. Whoa. I wasn't in Calgary. You weren't? No. Where was it? Phoenix. Phoenix. It was Phoenix. Were you in Phoenix? Well, yes, I was. And I was booked on your show. And then when Brent Spiner said he would do it, yes. I all of a sudden was disinvited for the 9 o'clock slot. No. For the early slot. No, and no, was, no. And was asked, asked to come at the ungodly hour of like 11 p.m. No, you actually were... Brent was on. The, Brent was on the. Chris, I am so curious. As to how I am gonna now spin this. angry at you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, it wasn't. A, you, it wasn't a situation of that. You were. Brent was always on the first show. Okay. All right. And then when we found out you were going to be in Phoenix, we added a second show because the first show sold out. Okay. So then we asked you to be on the show, but we hadn't said what time it was yet. Uh-huh. And then when we went and said, okay, actually, it, it's a late show. Right. And then uh, with the answer we got back was like. Well, it's it's you know the show wasn't going to start to like eleven right. or something yeah. crazy like that. So you actually were not. Brent was actually booked first. Okay. And then we were going to add a second show and put you on the second show. And then so then we went to Brent and asked him to go early to to go late oh, to go so late. that you could go uh, early. Right. And then he said the same thing. He was like, "It's too late. It's, it's like late. eleven o'clock." So Brent goes actually, to sleep at about eight. <laughs> he just shut down. Then we put him in his chamber. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, uh, so actually, yes, I'm glad we were able to clear that up. Brent was actually booked first in the early show. actually booked We first. tried to get him to move so that we could accommodate you for the early show. Right. Uh, so that, that's what happened there. Whew. Correct. Uh, you know what? I just rerouted main power to the, No, uh, listen, we were stuck with fucking Will Wheaton again. <laughs> God. Now, now, come on, man. Come on. 
got number love from WW in my heart. I love WW. Double dubs. Double dubs. Although, I, I, you know, I think I pissed him off. What? You can't piss him off. Well, I don't know. Um, the Stanley Cup was in town the other day. Oh. Yeah. oh I saw the tweet. And, okay. And I, and, I, and I tweeted, right? I tweeted a picture. And, um, and, and he was like, oh, my God, this is like... Uh, so unfair, right? <laughs> and then I tweeted again, another picture, and I, I said, not to rub it in, WW, but, and I tweeted another picture. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I think, I, I, think I, I crossed the line. I, I think I, I, I owe him an apology because I, I, I was actually a dick. Well, we, we uh, I think I told you this the other day, but back when Will was making Star Trek money, he was such an insane Kings fan that he he bought four seats at the Great Western Forum. The fabulous Forum. Where where you could actually buy seats and then they put your they put the name your name plate little, on the seat. Little gold plate. Yeah. And then so for any event, those are just your seats. And he uh, had those mainly for the Kings games. I want to make Star Trek money. Um, but uh, who's got the most Star Trek money? I think it's Dorn because Michael he did, Dorn has yeah. more money than God. Yeah. <laughs> how did he? How did he rank? Oh, because he I did heard he the two also series. invested in Fuddruckers. Is that true? Is that true? That's what I heard. Seriously. And then he was like, "Now I got fuck you money, so I'm just gonna buy jets <laughs> for a rollicking good time." Come to Fuddruckers. Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn has bank. Yeah. I yeah. mean, he did DS9, yeah. all the movies. Yeah. But yeah. Patrick, seven seasons of Patrick. What about him? He's a knight. That's some X Men money. I don't care about that shit. You mean We're you, mean, you Star mean Star Trek, Trek money. related money? Yeah, Star I guess it, I guess it would have to be. I guess it would have to be Dorn. It's Dorn. It's Dorn. I mean, of the of you know, like stepping outside the original cast. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he has more Shat- than Shatner. I'm How is that sure. possible? Shatner did three seasons, oh, and he also did films and six not great movies. But it doesn't matter because he seven really. He Sorry. would have he would have been getting paid a ton for those to get to get Shatner and Nimoy in there. Yeah, they, but then the pay bump went insane. Also, Dorn, I don't know if Dorn does as many of the. I mean, if you're talking about he ancillary have income, to. he owns jets. <laughs> what, what does Shatner get? What does Shatner get for? Uh, Let's figure that out. What does Shatner get? No, what does Shatner get for <laughs> signings? It's some like oh. insane number. It's hundred hundred or. No, he probably charges like no. Yeah. Bill, Bill, Bill. We do not have to worry about Mr. Shatner. Yeah, he's plus he's, he's got the Priceline money. Yeah, man. probably got Priceline like money. Crazy. He just. Buys and shoots horses or something. <laughs> just with money, Man. with hundred dollar bills. Break your leg. What are you gonna do? He just he just That's loads like a wad of hundred dollar bills. His real money's from glue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we've just crossed the line. What? I think we we walked right up to it and Listen, stomped I'm Only sure. I know only William horse. Shatner's horse glue could hold this show together at this point. <laughs> 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 that, one of my favorite favorite oh. things was during the uh, in generations uh, in the commentary track. Uh, there's one track with uh, Ron Moore and uh, Braga, and they're saying how uh, Shatner charged the production a ridiculous day rate to use his horses. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, and he wanted a horse. He wanted he, he wanted them to have a horse scene in there. Oh, and so then. He could- so he was he, like, he and buy. use my horses. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, there's a Nexus fee. Any horse that appears in a Nexus is going to have a slightly higher rate than any non-Nexus horses. But, but you saw him. I mean, he's quite. Oh, he's a the, very the, good the, equestrian. The equestrian. Yeah. 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 I mean, he Patrick makes, Stewart's pretty good, too. Yeah. Patrick's not bad. Pat, I, we, a horse contest. We had, uh, I don't know sir, what that would be. A horse contest? Yeah. They would just forget it. I, I, what are they, like what horses bare knuckle boxing? It could be anything. <laughs> a horse off? 
Yeah, horse fight. Stuart and Shatner horse off. Jousting. Jousting. For charity. Jo- oh. A charity joust. Charity joust would be awesome. Nice. I think Patrick would take him. I don't know. At this point? I don't know. Well, Shatner's like 10 years older than Patrick, I think. Yeah. So. And not particularly. He's like in my shape. I And so and, and Patrick is a bull. <laughs> Seriously. He works harder than anybody. And he, he really does. He, he does he's work still hard. fucking working. He does. He, he does. really does. The day he stops working is the day he dies. He, yeah. I think he's going to. Because he will just go. Yeah. Sir, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart uh, told us a story on uh, the podcast. I had him on last year, and he told the story about they were shooting a scene, and it was a very long day, and you fell asleep behind your visor. So they just, <laughs> <laughs> dude, do you have anything to? Is there? Is there? A, and then they just they, they just shot the scene, <laughs> just shot the scene around you, bastard. <laughs> He told that story? Uh, that's so it's true! <laughs> asshole! <laughs> Sir Patrick, asshole! <laughs> that is such an asshat thing to do. You don't throw your fellow thespians under the bus. <laughs> that is not okay. He, he probably was just telling it out of jealousy. He uh, wished he had a visor. Man. Well, to be fair, he he told way worse stories about stuff that he did. Did he? Where he would he would fall asleep in close-ups okay. or right. you know, he told stories about being really cranky the first season yes, and that you you guys loosened him up yes. and it changed his life it did. and it did. It did. Uh, so, you know, he was very he was very complimentary, but it did, it did come down to the uh, one time Lavar fell asleep behind the visor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was it was almost like like telling tales at school. It was so adorable. Well, here's what I have to say about that. Have you seen uh, any of, of of Brent Spiner's Fresh Hell? Uh, yes, I have. Did you see the episode that I was in? No, I saw. I, I just I just need to remind people that that man, Patrick Stewart, has the fallest bow, foulest balls. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait, what? Whoa, hey, what? That's all I'm going to say. What is a foul? What? He has the They're foulest foul. smelling balls <laughs> in show business. <laughs> Watch the episode. Watch the episode of Fresh Hell, everyone. Of Fresh Hell, and you'll understand what I'm, I'm talking about. <laughs> I think it's YouTube Fresh Hell series, I think. is Freshhellseries.com. Yeah. Freshhellseries.com. Uh, <laughs> this is exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, because whenever I was watching and I see in the sitting in the captain's chair, I'm like, I wonder what effect that has on ball smell down yeah. there. Yeah. Just being in that suit, that pu- those suits did not the the Federation suits did not look uh, comfortable. Comfortable, they were not. How no. no? How uncomfortable? Like when you got to the move, like when they threw the gray one on you, that was yeah. more much that, more. That, comfortable. That, that, that was comfortable, but, yeah. the, but the singlets, the polyester singlets yeah. from the first season, very uncomfortable. Very they don't breathe. You're sweating yeah. inside the yeah. whole time. No, I mean, it's, it's universally acknowledged that we all hated our spacesuits. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. They really they went two seasons with those. Yeah. yeah. Is it fun? Uh, do you do you like the idea that? You know, you worked on this show, and and still, after you know, twenty five years, mm-hmm. people are are still so familiar with it and talking about it, mm-hmm. and, and like essentially doing what we're doing mm-hmm. and throwing all. I mean, is that is that is that irritating in any way, or is it is it still fun? Is it still exciting for you? You, you have to remember, I'm a Star Trek fan, right? Right. So, um, it, it's it's a lot of fun for me. I I'm, I love the Star Trek universe. I I love everything about it. It's all good. 
Have you read any of the fan fiction? I have not. Okay. <laughs> That's probably best. Is that is, is, is good advice? I, I think it's probably That's good advice. Excellent advice, yeah. yeah. I don't even read it. Okay. Cool. Oh, you haven't read well, any of the Star Trek fan no. fiction? No. See, I'm with Matt. Why would I do that? There's got to be some I good... I stick to canon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a purist. Okay. The man's a purist. <laughs> I never... Uh, I Actually, when I was in college, I, wor- I, parked, I worked at a country club. I worked at Bel Air Country Club because I went to UCLA, and it was right there. It was very fancy. But but Gene Roddenberry was a member there. Yes, yes he was. And uh, and so I mean, it's not like I ever had extensive conversations with him, but there were times. And in the last couple years of his life, he he wasn't doing as well. Uh, so as someone who was parking cars in the lot, I would drive him home occasionally. Really? Yeah. In the rolls. In the rolls. In the rolls. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, get a ride, get a ride back, because right. he he didn't he didn't live too far, right. didn't live too far from there. And um, I was uh, he was a very sweet guy, but I was always just kind of frozen with like, <gasps> I didn't, I never. There's really nothing you can say in that 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 situation. Can you tell you any boozy stories about? No, no, and Ma- and Majel was uh, I was afraid of her. As you should be. Not that she was mean, but just she had a very, she had an energy about her that was just sort of like. No nonsense. Don't fuck with me, yes. you know? And <laughs> so. Right. Uh, don't fuck with me, Sonny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. This is the worst. They had a holiday party one year. And so they got some of the guys from the from the country club to park cars at their thing. And we, <laughs> I don't know why we did this. We parked all the cars for the party on one side of the street, but facing the wrong way. And some, for some reason, parking enforcement came up through Bel Air, ticketed every car. We could not talk them out of it. And we had to go into Majel and uh. say, with the stack of parking tickets and be like, wow, we did this. Wow. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas. And then had to turn all the cars around so did you you didn't get paid for that uh probably not yeah. i'm guessing that was the last time you were uh at coming out of your pace Ma- as a matter of fact it was the very last time <laughs> that did not uh Figures. Figures. didn't happen anymore after that let's, uh, let's talk to uh lavar about the fact that why didn't jordy ever get laid that's why we already covered this why where was i we covered he, this he, and what the fuck his answer was that he didn't he was con- he has this theory that the writers didn't know how to approach black male sexuality and so they just didn't deal with it at all Worf got laid but Worf was Klingon. all right fine I mean, we we know as fans that in oh that makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying <laughs> that makes me feel better. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's worth it to pool all of our money to shoot one more episode. Let's do it! Wow, where Jordy gets the girl. Jordy, Jordy finally gets to rise without getting abducted or, by Romulans. <laughs> or you know what we could do. I have a better I'm idea. Listening. I have a better idea. This will be a lot cheaper. Uh-huh. Okay, my previous idea is very expensive. <laughs> what we should do is go in and cut together a montage of scenes that suggest that that Jordy was screwing everyone the entire time <laughs> and no one would talk about it. So there were a lot of like subtle glances or just that he including fucked everybody including, including Mott. Everybody. Barbara. A little revisionist history. I'm I mean, I I love that. I love this idea that I, the whole that that's why you never saw it because he was so smooth that he had everyone and no one knew it. Well, you almost nailed the hologram of uh, Doctor Leah Brahms. Uh, Brahms. Yeah, who Q decided you married later. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, 
Uh, let's see. Then you fell in love with that dead girl who was, there was a dog that turned into another Aquiel. alien. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not a great episode. No, not a great Not your fault. No. You are no, great in it. No, but the, the story yeah. is awful. Stinky. Yep. Uh, Matt, you might be nerding out That was out the a lovely Renee much. Jones. That was the lovely Renee Jones. Oh, no, she was great too. Aquiel. Again, yeah. not her fault. Not her fault. Not her fault. That episode <laughs> is, yeah. That What's was, your, that was one of the first episodes, like when we did Star Trek, which is a show I do at Meltdown where we, watch the worst episodes of Star Trek do you? and we talk over them. <laughs> they kind of mystery science theater mystery then. Science, in, yeah. in a fun loving way yeah, like yeah, yeah. we like had Will, huge fans of the show on, like, did you? last month. Did yeah. You? It was yeah. Hysterical? I did the episode where um uh Dr. Beverly Crusher basically is sexually, sexually molested by <laughs> a ghost. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh but yep. then falls in love with them and there's all this crazy and then mm-hmm. there's some sort of a weird She's clearly getting off and Picard walks in. Yes. Yeah. Which is With fantastic. Yeah. Right. She yeah. Was, she was. She was. And then there's some sort of a. There's, and there's then some I sort decided of a, that Picard should have like a some sort of code like Alpha Three Nine or something like that that just beams him out of awkward situations. <laughs> 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 Alpha Picard, Three Alpha Nine. Three nine. Alpha Get him out of there. Some weird's going on. Get him out of there. Something strange is happening. Uh, did you get Alpha Three Nine? I got such an Alpha Three Nine. So uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh. That was the, that was, yeah. And then there was some like weird Mayan kind of a story. Masks. Like, masks? Oh, that yeah. was masks. Masks. Yeah. Masks. Every right. season, There's a, uh, Brent got to laugh yeah. in an episode. Right. And that was it. <laughs> it do, what, was, what was your favorite episode, Matthew? My favorite episode of uh, Star Next Trek gen? is probably uh, Timescape. Hmm. Which is. What uh, happens then? That is the one where you guys uh, go to. You come back on the runabout, and the Enterprise is frozen in time with a Romulan ship right there. Sixth season. There's a quantum singularity, right? Mm-hmm. The artificial quantum singularity, which powers the Romulan ship. These aliens that breed inside of quantum singularities think it's a real one. It's Ouch! It's one where time is stopped. Think it's a real ship? They think it's a real quantum Ow, singularity, it's so a they real breed quantum the thing. Singularity. That really hurts. Sixth season. It's the runabout episode. You I got just got your my... very prominent in it. Matt, can I make In a... fact, you can... notice that the Romulan, you like, wasn't he over here? And Data doesn't even notice it. And then the Romulan comes up and touches you, Matt, and then you go into Epilogue. Matt, shock. you've got to stop. I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I just got my virginity back. I, I just, I must, I must be in How all, do you in not all... know Timescape? Of the 179 episodes we yes. did, there are about 80. <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> I'm, I'm you serious. should watch that one. It's I, well, very good. You know good. what? On your recommendation, Matthew. Timescape is very good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch do you it. Not, do you not like to watch your own work? Oh, or? I love watching me yeah. on TV. It's yeah. some of my favorite TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I'm, when I'm on. But when we were making the show, it was just really too difficult to keep up oh, with Oh, you it. can't even... I, I would imagine that, you you know, especially... I don't know if people know what it's like to work on a single camera show right. like that. It consumes your life. But, you know, you probably work six days a week. Uh, five days a week, 12 to 14 hours a day. And they're just handing you... The they're handing you scenes every day. You yeah. probably don't even know what show you're in. It's very difficult to keep up. So I made a conscious decision that I wasn't going to sweat it, that, you know, this was going to be here for a while and I can spend the rest of my life sitting down and enjoying episodes. And So when it comes out on Blu-ray, right? take a look. Right? It's in a book. Timescape. Timescape. Yeah, Timescape is great. All right. Sixth season. Okay. Can't believe you don't remember it. 
I'm sorry. They that go doesn't... up. The Enterprise is frozen. It looks like they're in a battle with the Romulan ship. I don't know if any more words are going to help dredge it up. He hasn't have, seen it. Have I disappointed you, Matthew? <laughs> I just, I just, it's a really good. I just feel bad. <laughs> I feel bad for you. you feel bad for me. No, you should be excited <laughs> for him. I feel bad for you. You should be excited for him that he's going to get to see Timescape for the first time. You should be jealous of that. I, I am a little bit jealous of that. But I'll tell you what. Mm. That's really a great episode. Okay. God. I'm I'm What other what other kind of word for What it. other kind of stuff are you what other kind of stuff are you into? Like what's what's Lavar time look like? Um I actually do love reading. Reading and traveling. Reading, traveling and drinking. Uh See, I, I like are, two of those are, things. Where what are you where have you been lately that that where, where I should be going? Uh, lately um well the, my favorite place on the planet probably is the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. I love going to the Caribbean. They know what they're doing down there. What? No, just they know what they're doing. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. they like, know how to live. Look they, at this. Check out that water. Yeah. Blue. Want yeah. this drink? Also blue. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Check out the sky. Guess what? Blue. blue. <laughs> I do. I do. I do enjoy my time in the Caribbean. Um, we took a great trip uh, uh, last year. Was it last year? Yeah. To Suriname. Um, I did an American sportsman show back in the seventies in a country called Suriname. Yep. Um, and. We made a return trip 25 years later to the very village Whoa. that I had been in uh, with the American sportsman and, and, and shot video footage for, for the Reading Rainbow app. So, wow. Did they remember? Were, were they like, was there a... Because that could have been one of the biggest things that happened there. It is so <laughs> wild. Kunta Kinte is a national hero yeah. in the country of Suriname. They write songs ab- about him. Um, it was really, it was a trip going back. It, it, it really was. It was astonishing to see the changes in, not just in the country, um, but in the village of, of Tritabaji itself. It was, it was quite extraordinary. Do people expect you to know things about Kunta Kinte the way he expects you to know Star Trek? Have you read all the Kunta Kinte fan fiction? I don't expect him to know everything about Star Trek. I just expect him to have seen... <laughs> A particularly good episode from late in the series run. You're right, Matthew, and 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 I'm, 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 I'll do better. Matt's so intense, his glasses are off, his forehead is sweating. He's sweating. He's sweating. He's like I'm just he's angry in, about it. <laughs> his face I'm is turning tomato red. Yeah, I I sensed some disappointment. You didn't cop to it at first, but now I can I can see. Your face is flushed. What is You're this? Perspiring. What are we doing here, Matt? I bet he's seen all of Roots. It's I, I have, it's eight episodes. I have. So. I have indeed. I have indeed. <laughs> Me too. Good work. Thank you, man. It's the episode of Roots where the colonials are frozen in the time uh, vortex <laughs> and everyone's... Uh, that's, you guys are fine. I would watch that. It is, but... <laughs> I would watch that. I, I, would, I would watch that too. It actually sounds like a Doctor Who episode of some mm. type. Mm. What, what other... Are you, are you a Doctor Who fan? Do you I like am, other yeah. sci-fi? Yeah, my daughter got me into Who. Um, my daughter got me into Who. Um... She also got me into Sherlock as well. So great. Moffat. It's all Moffat. All Moffat. All Stephen All Moffat all the time. All Moffat all the time. And he also, he also has a great uh, Jekyll and Hyde series that's really Does fun, he? too. It's on Netflix. It's super British. The production values are pretty, pretty low, but, mm-hmm. in, but it's, it's a really well-done Jekyll and Hyde. It's really fun. Yeah. And, and again, mega, mega, mega British. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah okay. I, I recommend so, that. Timescape is the 151st <laughs> oh God, episode Matt, of Myra, Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Border runabout. Let's just see if this okay sounds brings familiar? up okay. anything right. for for Mr. Burton. I here. would. 
I would uh, smell skip Patrick ahead. Stewart's balls to get you ahead. to stop this. <laughs> I'll just read. Captain's log, Stardate 46944.2, Commander Data. Mr. LaForge, yes. Alpha Counselor 39. Troy, Alpha and 39. I are en route to the Enterprise after attending a three-day conference on the psychological effects of long-term deep space assignments. So far, so good. You're sitting around a runabout table. Right. In a runabout. Right. Okay. Uh, in the back. You, yeah, in the back. You guys are hanging out, who's, talking. Who's driving? Uh, no one's driving. It's on autopilot. On autopilot, okay. Uh, and then LaForge, you know, you're like talking about how you touched a plasma field. Uh-huh. You do some good acting in do there. I? You put your hand out and you're like, right. you could feel it moving. And then you stop because time freezes wow. right where you are. And the only one who doesn't freeze is Troy. And she goes, am I crazy? Which she kind of is, but then time moves on and then you guys start some shit. And then you go back to the Enterprise. How could you not be crazy as an empath if you're absorbing <gasps> the emotions no, 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 of everyone? No, I'm, I'm, right? I'm, right? You had me at Captain's Log. Yay! <laughs> you should be very excited also to know, did you did you see the IDW uh, uh, Star Trek Doctor Who crossover comic series? I, I, I saw somebody pitch, uh, tweeted a picture of the cover, mm-hmm. uh, but I have not, uh, is, is it out? Is uh, it, is the it? first issue's out, I read it. And? It's very, the first issue's very Doctor Who heavy. Is it? But they, the uh, at the end of the issue, they end up looking to the right, and then they see uh, it's like 1940s, and they see uh, Crusher and Data. Huh. So I'm assuming they've the TARDIS has landed in the holodeck. Oh, oh interesting! Yeah. Very interesting. Any, uh, is, there, is there anything else you want to? I mean, s- do you remember when the warp core breach is frozen in time, and Patrick Stewart draws a smiley face on it? Nope. I don't. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Wow. Nope. Not gonna. You're doing basically the. You know what you're doing. Your version of right now, Matt, is when someone doesn't speak the same language as you, and you start talking louder. Here's you. Like that's gonna help with a with a Romulan. <laughs> Give him a picture of it. Come on, Matt. You don't remember that. Mm, sorry, Matt. He doesn't have amnesia. He just hasn't this seen is, the episode. This is terrible. He just hasn't seen the damn episode. I don't want to go on living. <laughs> It's, it's that not that serious. Feels like maybe a little extreme. I think. <sighs> Whatever. You know what? I've seen it. How many times? Uh, many, 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 many times. Many, many times. <laughs> okay. One of the first episodes that I ripped onto my computer. And really? I kept it with me always. Okay. You guys are jerks. We contained him as much as we could, LeVar. No. What did I say before he entered the studio? You're, what did I say? He's having a core meltdown. You're going to reroute his power. Someone do something. And uh, oh, Matt's all out of warp cores. He's ejected the core. When are you going to run out of warp cores, Matt? When are you going to run out of warp I cores? I just did. He's fresh out of warp cores. Oh, Alpha Yay, 36. He said it. Alpha 39. What was it? Alpha 36? Alpha 39, I think. Alpha 39. Alpha, Alpha 39. Get me out of here. Alpha 39. Matt's freaking out. Whatever. Um, you're also going to be, uh, you're doing the Eric McCormick series as well, Perception. right? Perception. Perception, beginning July 9th on TNT. That's exciting. It is. I'm back on TV. That's fun. I know. TV's fun. The, the single camera schedule is kind of a bitch, but in general, TV, TV's fun. It just, I, I, I like it. And, and, uh, and I like the show. Ken Biller and Mike Sussman, hmm. uh, Star Trek alums, um, have written a really smart, uh, really smart look at brain chemistry and how it literally shapes our reality. And um, it's a, it, I, I think it could, if it catches on, if this show catches on, it could really spark a great conversation in this country about the stigma of mental illness. 
Sure. And, and you know, we really need to reevaluate, um, you know, how we feel about people who have brain chemistry that goes a little wonky from well, time to time. But, and unfortunately, the, the, the idea of perception is greater than just mental illness and the fact that most of us live such uh, virtual lives yeah. that, right? you know, we piece all this. I mean, like, you can create pretty much any perception about any situation given the amount of information that you that surround you yourself with. Yeah, so, right. I mean, so even just on, for, for people who have, you know, brain chemistry that's not wonky, right. it's difficult enough to sort of navigate the way that we exist now. True. As True. it is. And, and I don't think we've ever seen this character before. I mean, Eric plays a neuroscientist who is schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, and he helps the FBI solve crimes. <laughs> It sounds much better than numbers. I'm not <laughs> All the clues are in the numbers. We, we certainly hope so. <laughs> look at this. I'm looking at all these numbers. I think he killed that guy. That's, uh, that's my impersonation. I know Mike Sussman. He's Bo- I work with his brother Bobby at yeah. the Apple store. Oh, really? Yeah. That must have been a big thing for you. What do you mean? For me to know Mike Sussman? Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was fine. Let's, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm cool. I'm oh, cool. now you're playing it off. I mean, it was just... It was just Voyager we worked on. I mean, it was <laughs> Enterprise and stuff. Voy- whatever. Voyager was a lovely show. Voyager was a good program. You directed a couple of I directed actually, many episodes actually of decent episodes of Voyager. I tried my best. He even pops up in one as Captain LaForge. Timeless, the 100th episode of Voyager. Oh, this he knows. <laughs> well, he directed he it. Knows. Of course he's going to remember. This he remembers. <laughs> whatever. Of course he's going to remember that. Uh, I've I really disappointed you. <laughs> Quite the opposite, LeVar. Okay, all right. Matt, uh, Matt. Let's do a web series where LeVar and I have to hang out all the time. (laughs) I I can think of one person in this room who wouldn't want to do that. Why are you pointing at yourself? I'm pointing at LeVar. (laughs) I think think LeVar might enjoy that for like 10 minutes. Like, Uh, this is a really fun idea. What uh, have I done? That would be awful for you. You guys are terrific. I think here, you know what? I I have to say this. Now, I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's your show. I just need to interrupt. Please, please. I have not had this much fun. In quite some time. Oh, that's awesome! We did it. Yeah. Well, we love we love oh, having just you wait on. Wait till he gets home and turns on Timescape. <laughs> that's when the party really begins. Huh? Oh, I thought I knew fun before. <laughs> now, would that I could be frozen in this moment of me experiencing Timescape for the first time, much like the storyline of Timescape. So I knew good. the podcast was going to be fun when I we've never really talked before much except for the like two seconds we met you know 20 years ago or whatever Mm -hmm. but then when you came on attack of the show instantly it was like chris lavar hey and i was like this is gonna be great and it's been it's been so much fun so it's it was an absolute pleasure to have you on you're welcome to come on anytime i think the series between you guys is called alpha three (laughs) nine and it's at what at what point can lavar LeVar not hang out with you anymore at one point during every show every show you're like the fuck out alpha three (laughs) nine you're like that's it i thought i was okay and sometimes it could be within the first five seconds you never know that you might go that's eight minutes comes in alpha three And then he's gone. But the show is always eight minutes, so it's like seven minutes of me alone, <laughs> just staring at the spot where Lamar was. <laughs> oh, and it always ends with me fun. turning on Timescape. 
Just you and me again, Timescape. Just you and me oh. again. Oh, boy. Oh, all right. Thank you for being here, LeVar Burton. The Reading, Re- the Reading Rainbow app available on the iTunes store. Uh, Perception, LeVar Burton, at LeVar Burton on the tweets. Even uh, if you don't have a kid, buy the Reading Rainbow app. Yeah, Stop you can probably so do cheap, it. jerk. Let's, let's be honest. You can probably it's do so a little cool. bit better with your reading anyway. Yeah. And even if not, then I think what's fun about an app like Reading Rainbow is that it's a, it's a, it's a fun way to interact with something nostalgic that is gonna hit, strike a chord in you that you forgot was there. I mean, like, oh my gosh. How, how much is the app? Uh, the app is free to download. Um, you get to, to roam around in the world that we've created. You get to download one free book to unlock all the content. And we've launched with 150 books and 16 videos, video field trips with LeVar, uh, $9.99 a month and an offering for launch $29.99 for six months. That's $5 a that month. Is a- Pittance. That's a. It's a. You know what we yeah, really to learn to, to read of value for. That's not bad. Five dollars. You could spend five dollars on a single app book for kids. So we really think that you know giving children access to a library of of literature, digital literature is. Uh, I think twenty nine dollars for an investment in a passion for education is probably a pretty good deal. Plus, you spend twenty nine bucks and they throw the theme song in. Which yes, is worth do. at least yes, twenty seven dollars. Yes, yeah, do. so so two dollars to learn to read twenty seven yeah, for the, for the, the theme, theme song, song which yeah. is a very fair price. Hey Matt, yes, want to go watch some TV? Yeah, let's do it. Let's watch Times Game. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Alpha three nine. <laughs> oh, Chris, you beamed away too. <laughs> Mentally, <laughs> enjoy your burrito. We did it. We did it. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode of the Nerdist Podcast is brought to you by Stamps.com. Go to Stamps.com, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Nerdist for a $110 bonus offer, including a digital scale and $55 of free postage. That's Stamps.com. Enter the promo code NERDIST.